Today on the Lockdown Hornets podcast, we welcome Nick Carboni of WCNC to talk about the Charlotte Hornets' five-game losing streak and how they can get back on track. It's all coming up next on Lockdown Hornets. You are Locked On Hornets, your daily Charlotte Hornets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. It's Locked On Hornets. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. Thanks for making Locked On Hornets your first to listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. You can find us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. You can follow me on Twitter at Walker Mail. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. They have an amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Excited to welcome a team member today, teammate, part of the community here, Nick Carboni, a WCNC. You can find him on Twitter at Nick Carboni, WCNC. Nick, happy to have you on, man. Usually it's the reverse. I'm usually a guest in your <laughs> house, but I'm happy to have you over. How are you doing? I'm great, man. As they say in uh, old sports talk radio terms, first time, long time. Love the oh. podcast and I uh, love what you guys do. So happy to happy to help out a little bit. As a radio guy, send shivers down my spine. It's like, oh, it's <laughs> yeah. So you always to want to hear that first time, long time. Uh huh. Yeah. Why well, first want... time though? In those cases, I don't know. Are I won't you nervous ask this time? Are you? I am a little about... bit. Yeah. Okay. I'm more nervous about my backdrop. I mean, undisclosed location. I think X. you and I are battling for worst backdrop <laughs> because everybody else will have a pretty decent one, if not for at least a good view. And mine are blinds that are just trying to block out the light so you can see my face and the shade doesn't cover it. And you've got this. It's almost angelic behind you, Nick. Yeah, like you've got I get to a add really... a halo in. I'll <laughs> tell really... you what, I worked from home for six months and I did so much rearranging uh, of our of our dwelling to fit WCNC Charlotte's needs for like me being on camera at home. When we moved into the new place, I walked in and I started to look at like, okay, where could I put? And then I was like, no, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not a con- What This is what you get. It's where I live. This is what everybody gets from now on. That that's fine. You know, this is what you kind of get for now too. But we are gonna have to fix the backdrops. At least I'm gonna fix mine because we're gonna be bringing you a YouTube channel. And nice. when you guys check that out, I promise I'll have my backdrop set up a little better. At least I think so. I probably shouldn't promise, but that's gonna be the intention, right? I, I everybody's all- like, Nick, why don't you put your Emmys in the back of your shot? And I'm like, well, I got to get one first (laughs) self-deprecating hey you're gonna get there man you're gonna get there just like the charlotte hornets are gonna get there outside of this losing streak because man it's been brutal ever since a good start i put up the extra point on 730 the game we were referencing the comparison at the beginning of before we even started recording it's the second professional sports team in charlotte to get off to a 3-0 start and this really nice Hey, we're feeling good about this team. The future's so bright. They're as bright as the light coming in through Nick's backdrop. And then all of a sudden, it gets really dark. Five and two, still an acceptable start, even a good one. And then they lose five. Now they're a losing basketball team. Going to take a couple of wins to get back to 500. Nick, just overall, you know, we've kind of, I've let off with this, you know, so many times with different guests, but it's such a pivotal moment in Charlotte Hornets history because it's the second year of LaMelo Ball. Miles Bridges is becoming an all-star type player right in front of our eyes. We know that this is a team that put off a play uh, that put a playoff mandate 
right at the beginning of the at the beginning of the season. And now they don't look like that. They certainly haven't looked like that here recently. The defense is atrocious. The offense, when it was the number one offense, they were winning. Now it, the shot making comes and goes from a couple of different players. Um, it, it's it's been it's been bad. It's been off. Uh, it's been it's been rough to see offensively at times, and certainly defensively. What are your overall thoughts on the Charlotte Hornets right now? Certainly amidst this five game losing streak. Yeah, I mean, there's a few things here. One thing that is is pretty glaring is this team was lauded for being so clutch last year. I mean, they were one of the best clutch teams in the NBA seemingly out of nowhere. They were closing some of these games out when you didn't think they were kind of the team that would be ready to do that. And this year's team is at the other end of that spectrum so far. I mean, they've had chances to close out games, um, you know, Boston being one of them. I mean, they went toe to toe with the Celtics that night at home. I thought they should have closed that, that game out better certainly. So that's been missing. Uh, You've had obviously the center position. There is not an NBA caliber center uh, starting or rotationally. PJ Washington has been good in his spots when he's been healthy. Clearly that is an issue now and we don't know when he's going to come back. And so when you have to dip into the reserves at that end against the Lakers and it's Nick Richards, and then at the end of the game, it's like, okay, we're just sliding everybody to be more small ball at the end of the game. That's tough to overcome. I mean, it, you know, I started out saying, okay, well, what are the teams that they won't match up well with with that center rotation? And at this point, it's just been all of them. I mean, there are so <laughs> many teams that they play where you're like, okay, nope, that's a problem. Uh, it's not just the three-headed monster of Cleveland with the three seven-footers. Right. I mean, it's just basically every team can dominate them at that position. I mean, at, in the Lakers game on, on Monday night, it was like Anthony Davis on the floor, just like, okay, who am I going after this time? And you're kind of heat seeking those matchups. So there's a lot of things at play, but I think, you know, defense, lack of center and lack of being able to close out games uh, has, has been the, the three core issues. Yeah, it, I think you hit a lot there. We're going to get into all of that today. I, I need to update, of course, the bad hosting job on my part. Of course, they lose to the Lakers 126 to 123 last night. It's a game that goes into overtime. The Hornets actually came back in the fourth quarter to force it to overtime. Speaking of being clutch, Miles Bridges hit a very clutch three-pointer to send him in an OT, but didn't work out. Lakers would eventually go on to win. Terry Rozier was 11 of 22 from the field, which is nice, but 3 of 10 from the perimeter, which is still not a percentage you want to see from him. I thought LaMelo Ball was really good. Miles Bridges had his moments, but Gordon Hayward even, right? Still a steady hand, 21 points, a cool 20. Feels like he's going to give you that even when he seems a little quiet in games. But let's go to... Let's go to the clutch thing first, Nick, that you brought up, because you're right. And our, you know, friend, OG of the podcast, too, not a tweeted this out. You're kind of experiencing the regression to the mean of the clutch numbers that have benefited Charlotte the last two years. And now it's not working out for them. So you look last year, they were second in offensive rating in those clutch moments last season. That's excellent. This year, they're 22nd. Not the worst, but still in the back half, and it's really hurting them so far with a couple of the close games they've played. Here are a few reasons why I think that's happening. One, Terry Rozier. The guy was as clutch as any basketball player the last couple of seasons at nailing shots. So one, when he doesn't play, when you don't have him just his presence out on the floor, going to hurt you. Also, when he's trying to get rid of this rust... 
that's also going to hurt this basketball team. And Terry's been bad in clutch moments. I, I think, you know, a few games back, he hit like one three, but that was also the same game where he passes up an open layup, misses a, a corner three pointer, airballs another one that seemed like a bad shot that he took at that time, had another game where he's missing late game three pointers. It is a little bit of the regression to the mean, which scared me when. You lock up Terry long-term, but he had proved it so much the last couple of seasons. Also, look, I know people get mad about how we talk about guys that aren't on this team anymore, but when you're talking about like the first 12 games of the season, you discuss the changes and how they look so far. So the fact is, you have Ish Smith on the squad in the backcourt, Cody Martin's getting more minutes, James Booknight's getting DNP CDs, and you don't have Devontae Graham and Malik Monk anymore. That's fine. Like, okay, I was giving Ish all the credit in the world at the beginning of the season because he deserved it. But you know who also was really good in clutch moments? Devontae Graham the last couple of years. And so when you don't have that, that's going to help you. Or that's going to hurt you, I should say, and have you dip into the latter half of clutch offensive rating. But Terry Rozier, that, that's been the guy. And P.J. Washington missing time being a threat from the outside, too. So you're right, Nick. I mean, I think the clutch moments, it, it's, you know, we've, we've been blessed to have a negative point differential, but win those close games the last couple of seasons, and now you're seeing a losing team as their record states going five and seven the last five games, losing all of them, and some of them were close, and the Hornets couldn't come up big in clutch time. Yeah, and I think this team clearly has an identity and a brand on offense that it wants to play throughout most of the game. My question is, does that kind of work against them when they're trying to close out games in terms of getting the right shot off? I thought in the Celtics game, Early on when they had the lead in the fourth quarter, like when it got to be around clutch time, they did a nice job of working the clock a little bit, you know, not going as fast as they usually go, getting Gordon Hayward to his spot and knocking down a jumper. And then it was just like three ball, three ball, three ball, three ball, miss, miss, miss. And this team can go cold in those situations. So I wonder if there's some sort of identity they need to forge not only in terms of who's going to be on the floor in those moments, but what they're going to do in those moments, because sometimes I don't, I don't always think it's kind of joined together uh, where they, they really have a plan of attack in in those particular situations. Certainly I love their identity outside of those situations, but maybe that's something they need to look at. Well, they rely, I I think they rely a lot on Gordon Hayward in the half court. I think when LaMelo gets deep shot heavy in those situations, that doesn't help this basketball team overall. Um, You know, and and so hopefully they can get past those, but it's been something that's really hurt this team so far. And, and, And the thing that's also a problem, you know, they've, they've had some of the second half comebacks still when they've dug themselves a mighty hole, just like they did in the debut against the Indiana Pacers. But they don't play complete games, and that's that's yeah. also a huge problem. I, I man, was there a game that they put four quarters together yet? Because I don't think there is. I, I, no, I, think, I mean, it, yeah, too many too many below twenty point quarters, <laughs> like just right. out of nowhere. If it's not, you know, I've, I was it the Sacramento game or the Clippers game where okay, the start was great, and then there was a third quarter of eighteen points, and, and Golden State happen. was that too. Golden yeah. State that was the first opening quarter they won and then I think it was the third quarter that lost him the game didn't come back in the fourth so yeah and Hayward hasn't been I mean he's been a big reason I think for some of the slow starts you know his first half numbers are probably a lot a lot further down than than his second half numbers yeah it's some of them you know some of them not not stellar performances but when he has the ball in his hands he helps you kind of want to see him get more opportunities but anyways Mm -hmm. we'll see if that can be fixed going forward we're going to talk about I'm sorry, we have to talk about the big man situation in the next segment. I don't want to do it either. 
I'm sorry, but when it's a complete glaring weakness and DeAndre Jordan is out here punking you as soon as the game starts, then we need to talk about it. Is there an answer on this roster to get better? Or are they going to have to make an outside change via trade? We'll talk about that coming up next with Nick Carboni, who joins us for one more segment. But first, I want to talk to you about True Bill. Did you know why free trials renew without your consent? It's a business scam out to get you. Don't let greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill to take control of your subscriptions. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, want, or simply forgot about. On average, people save up to $720 a year with Truebill because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel. Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tab. It sounds like I could use this. Truebill Concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Go right now, Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. It could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. I also want to talk to you about Prize Picks. Prize Picks has the best NBA DFS prop game on the market. They offer more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator and offers all the superstar players as well as bench players only recording a handful of minutes each game. You pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry, and it's just you versus the projected numbers. Prize Picks allows mixed sport entries, Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. PrizePix is safe and offers fast withdrawal. So don't hesitate. Check out prizepix.com and use promo code NBA or go to your App Store and download the app today. That's PrizePix, daily fantasy made easy. I love it, and I know you will too. More Nick Carboni coming up next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. All I have to go off of is write-ups and highlights and some video tidbits on Twitter because I was not able to watch this game. Tidbits, like tidbits? That's, a gr- what? that's a great word, tidbits. It, I mean, that's just a great word, tidbits. I want to use it every single day. It's time more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. It probably wasn't the best tease in the world to say I don't want to talk about the next topic that we're going to have to, but Nick, it's a glaring problem. It just is what it is with the Charlotte Hornets team, and it was foreseeable. The center position, the dreaded center position that James Borrego has admitted a couple time and a couple times in post-game availability that he hasn't figured out what to do with the bigs on this roster, and here we are again. They trade for Mason Plumley. We've documented a million times. They did it on draft night. We didn't expect him to be the starter. Free agency happens. Boom. Okay. He's the starter. Kai Jones can't start. Nick Richards has actually come in and done a couple of nice things here and there, but I don't want to rely on him. I still think defensively he's not helping. He's still getting moved off of his spot, trying to seal guys for rebounds, and there's a reason why they continue to give up a ton of buckets. Like I was on Locked On Lakers for a preview of this game, and in talking with the podcast, they were asking, you know, what are some of the defensive problems? And I immediately went to the big man situation and they said, okay, but the Lakers are pretty small too. How do we do this? I was like, look, if you want to play your best players and DeAndre Jordan isn't it, then that's fine. We don't have to make this hard. But I'm telling you, there is a good chance DeAndre Jordan gets his. And sure enough, at the beginning of this game, guy plays 11 minutes and scores 10 points and grabs eight rebounds. I mean, that's 11 re- or eight rebounds in 11 minutes, four of four from the field. I mean, 
it, it's it, DeAndre comes in and immediately gets one over on him. Anthony Davis, you know, we know that there's no matchup at all really for AD in the NBA, but it's especially visible when he plays the Hornets. He goes for 32, grabs 12 rebounds, but he also uh, blocks five shots in this game. Has a really good percentage too, 13 of 25 from the field. Nick, this is just something we could easily tell going into this season, hey, this might be a problem again this year, and boy, has it ever shown up in this five-game losing streak. Even really when they were winning, it was still a problem. Yeah, I mean, it's it's obvious when you watch these games how out-physical and outmatched Mason Plumley is when he's on the floor against some of these bigger guys, and then you dip into the reserves, and there's no P.J. Washington, who, by the way, James Brago went to instead of Plumley at the end of that Pacers game, which yeah. paid off. So I think not having PJ in that small five spot certainly hurts. But sometimes you you want to be bigger than that, and they just don't have the ability to do it. You're right. Nick Richards has looked, I think, a little bit further along than, than many of us thought he would be. But I, I still kind of viewed him as a guy that – another guy that is going to need to get some Greensboro run this year. And here he is out there in, in big moments against the Celtics, against the Lakers, and others. Um, you know, and – Mason Plumley came in and the, the kind of the sales job was, you know, he's a good passer. He's the, and I don't, I just don't think that's had as much of an impact on the game as, as people kind of sold it to us as, right. as he would have. So I think, you know, that that's going to be a huge issue coming up at the trade deadline. Do they make another move there? They took on a draft pick with him, right? It wasn't like they gave one up. Believe, yeah, yeah, right, they they used uh, they used the selection on a potential big guy, JT right. Thor. <laughs> right. <laughs> so we'll see what he can do going down. The yeah, well, I don't know what they're gonna have. They're gonna have to look hard at that to make a move because that's clearly clearly the difference. It's not the only issue as we've talked about. I think some of those other issues can be fixed as this team plays more and more together. It's it's only eleven or twelve games into the season, you know, with the clutch and and Terry's kind of rust wearing off, but. There's no fixing what they have right now in the middle. And as, we, as we've talked about, it's, it's every time I look at who's next on the schedule, I think of who's on their roster and, and how are they, they going to bully the Hornets big men. And pretty much every team's got somebody, even if it's just the DeAndre Jordan type guy, that's going to be able to push around the Hornets down low. And the rebounding numbers haven't been as bad as I thought they might be. In some games, they've hung a little better than I thought, but it's still clearly holding this team back. In, it, in a lot it, of cases. It clear, sure, it clearly is. I mean, they are, they're going to Miles Bridges playing some center lineups quite a bit because they're just a lot more potent offensively, and even if you give up that kind of size, it's just outright a better lineup again doing the simple thing, putting your best players on the court, who cares if they're smaller? Well, yeah, obviously there are some weaknesses to that, but you got to go with Miles at the five sometimes. It's why they miss PJ a ton. We've seen him ever since he had the hyperextension when he's missed this time. They've been extremely vulnerable because James Brago can't go to PJ at the center lineups, which the net, again, we've talked about it a million times. It's been their best lineup on paper. But also, if, if we just kind of take even a step back of how this team was built and how they really should be using PJ. You know, me and Nada would talk about this all the time, and he was right. It Using PJ at center in every single game, in every single situation, that's not what you want to do. Like, he's a great tool to have, and he's such a good player at that spot, but that's in order to exploit other teams' weaknesses because he brings a little bit of rim protection at that size, which other people don't have. But he's not, block he's not providing any resistant uh, resistance to your average 
six ten or taller dude. You know, and and so okay, you can stretch him out. You can certainly be more potent on offense, but defensively, you're always going to give up that size. We can't put PJ at the four, put him in favorable situations because he's always having to play center. And so that's bad team building if you're not exercising the best strengths of some of these players. Now, Miles has been very good. Lamelo, of course, you want to make sure everybody fits around him. But when we get to you know, building the five, it's why it was weird when Rashawn Holmes' contract came in at what it did and the Hornets weren't able to get it done. You know, Now, I know they used some specialized stuff like unlikely incentives that might not count against the cap for them and they were able to you know, get Rashawn Holmes and keep him. And even there is an idea, too, I ramble, but with Rashawn, you could see maybe a four-year contract not being very good the last two seasons because he is an undersized center that relies a lot on athleticism. And when that goes, a lot of the great ability of his game goes. But the first two years you're going to get some really high-level play, as you saw when he went for 20-20 and 20 against the Charlotte Hornets to just be saturated in poetic justice. And so this is the problem, right? It's the Hornets having the ability to have fixed this a couple of times, but instead going after Mason Plumley and then drafting some raw dudes that don't fit the short-term timeline because that exists. We can talk about the long-term timeline, but they came to us and they said it's time for the playoffs. And we agreed to a certain extent, at least a lot of people did. And Kai Jones doesn't fit the short-term timeline because even next year, Nick, not sure how effective he's going to be on a team that's looking to make the playoffs and some noise in the postseason. Yeah. I mean, this team has taken on a lot of, not only projects at that position, but deep projects. I mean, Vernon Carey, you know, he showed flashes of offense, but I'm not sure how far that's going to go. Nick Richards, I mean, how much of a non-traditional center can he be? Uh, I know everybody's excited about the the young players. They got Kai Jones, I think is probably the most exciting, but, you know, his development, like everybody else's in this program, is going to take two, three, four years before he gets to the level that they want him to be at. So I, I think they, they are in love with their own identity on offense, and they absolutely loved what they saw from that small ball lineup last year with PJ at the five, but you're exactly right. How sustainable is that in every moment of the game in every matchup when you're facing some of these teams, basically all of these teams that have, uh, you know, bigger, more physical players inside that can just kind of eat you alive at times and really stop you from what, what you want to be doing offensively and defensively. So I'm not sure, you know, what, you know, carrying this all the way to the, the trade deadline, like how far behind, the eight ball have you gotten at that point? Like if you are clearly realizing you need to, to change something at that position now, I mean, when and how do you do that? Because by the time you get to the deadline, I mean, you may have already dug yourself a hole if they can't get out of, you know, kind of the rut that they're in now. You know, I, I was, it's why I was so surprised because it seems like Borrego was just fed up with the center position. I, it, it seemed like, all right, man, give me somebody that fits what I want at this five spot, and then let's roll with it. And I, I mean, he what was the like lineup? What was the, what, who were the five on the floor at the end of the Lakers game? Because didn't they totally shift it to Miles being the five? I well, that's what have they've the benefit of watching time. it on television. <laughs> right, I had to listen right. to it on radio for, for reasons everybody knows about. Uh-huh. But yeah, it was like, oh my God. And that was when Anthony, and I don't think it worked out for Anthony Davis on that possession, but he was like, all right, who am I going after on this play? 
Yeah, well, I mean, there there was a situation too where you know you're just talking about switching and stuff. But I remember one play where Terry Rozier's on, or excuse me, where Jalen McDaniels is on him. So McDaniels, one of the taller players that you have on the roster. I'm a big fan of Jalen. Yeah. But uh, the announcer is like, well. You know, Jalen, or it's mismatch for Anthony Davis. Like, man, look, if it's a mismatch against Jalen McDaniels with Anthony Davis, like that yeah. guy's six ten. We we got Mason for you. That's it. Yeah. You know, that's the only yeah. other guy that we can throw at you. And honestly, I'd rather have Jalen. I'd rather have Jalen on Anthony Davis at that point, and AD just hit a fadeaway. So it's going to be a problem. Now you have to look to the outside. Like, is this the year where Mitch Kupchak finally does the Kupchak Lakers thing? become a deal maker, make some type of move to go find a guy that can really benefit this team and get to the playoffs in which it seems to be a, a real goal of theirs. And I think that's the question you're going to have because it's prevalent right now. And when they get to the trade deadline or when it when it approaches, we know deadline breeds activity and we'll see if the Charlotte Hornets actually pull the trigger. But it, it's been one of the weirder things or Mitch Kupchak abided by that, right? In a larger market, very different situation with L.A., but I, I'm still surprised that he hasn't done any of that here. You know, like he, yeah. he's been very luct- uh, reluctant to pull the trigger on things that give up assets. And, and you have to wonder, is there a time Sorry. for them to do that now? <laughs> no, is, is he, he is he mad at the, the center position? I yeah, mean, it's, it's yes, it's brutal. Bark yeah. all you want to. I, I'm yeah. about to do it here as well. <laughs> yeah, God. Mitch, make a trade. Make a trade, Ollie. Mitch. <laughs> Adam, that's just good. That's just good sports talk right there. It really uh, is. I've, it sounds it doesn't sound say. any different to me. You know, it's it's the same thing. You're kind of hearing the same thing. I'm sorry. From me. Okay. No, you're, fi- yes. you're fine, Nick. Yes, we I, like I think, the commentary. <laughs> I think that, you know, it was fine when Mitch wanted to play the the game of we're not there yet. We're not, you know, everybody like sees what's on the floor and it's exciting, but are we at that point in the rebuild yet? So that's fine. But at some point when everybody is talking playoffs, and even if they're not talking about it outwardly, they're expecting it. And you've got Gordon Hayward and Miles Bridges, as you said, playing at an all-star level, a LaMelo Ball, who at times is the superstar that we've expected him to become. It it does seem like this is the time to do it. And maybe they've just been laying back. I mean, apparently they didn't like what they saw in free agency and seeing what's available and, and how they can kind of go after that at the deadline or, or at some point sooner. Because like I said, I mean, mm-hmm. if this is the way it's going now, carrying it all the way there seems like a long way away to me. All right. That was Nick Carboni, a WCNC, a teammate of ours. Also his dog providing some excellent analysis <laughs> at the anger of the center position. We appreciate Nick joining us on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Please follow him on Twitter. Great follow for all Charlotte sports coverage, but even the Charlotte Hornets too. Uh, at Nick Carboni, WCNC. Nick, this was fun. We're going to keep yeah, you man. in the rotation, keep Absolutely. you a part of the community and the family, and it's going to be a lot of fun to talk Hornets down the line. Appreciate you guys having myself and our uh, lab mix, Ollie. Excellent. It's, 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 it's Ollie or Holly? Ollie. 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 Great yeah. name. Excellent. Thank you, Ollie, for also the uh, the analysis there. It's Locked On Hornets, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, and we appreciate Nick Carboni for joining us here as well. Do want to talk to you about rockauto.com. Rockauto.com has been serving auto parts customers online for a very long time, and we appreciate their partnership here with the Locked On Podcast Network. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. You don't have to choose to spend 30, 50, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership. They have everything you could need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil. They even have new carpet. 
Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or your truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. They have an amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. Ish Smith, DNP CD last night. How big of a deal is that with the backcourt? We talk about that coming up next on the Locked On Hornets podcast. This is Locked On Hornets. They're running their rookies to Greensboro. They're driving them to Greensboro and then driving them back the same day to play in an NBA game. I cannot (laughs) wait until the Hornets load manage. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Thanks again to Nick for joining us on the podcast. Excited to have him talk about the Hornets all season long. We'll see if they can get back on track here in a second. And then, of course, he had such a fun time yesterday joining us on the pod. He wants to sneak in once again. I'm only giving him the third segment, and yet he's angry at me for only giving him the third segment. You should be happy that you're even on the podcast again, Doug. Just sneaking me sneaking me in the back door again. Are you embarrassed of me? I mean, have you even told your parents about me yet? I no. mean, this is ridiculous. They don't know you exist. I've been hiding you. <laughs> you're just a text buddy right now. That, that's it. I'm not telling anybody about you. Um. So, Nick Carboni, we talked about the center position being a problem. It's going to be a feature. I don't want to get to that anymore. Let's actually talk to the uh, about the backcourt here, Doug, because one of the bright spots for this Hornets team was the play of Ish Smith. He was really good. And this was a guy that at the beginning, you know, signed for the vet minimum, not in guaranteed contract, you know, nothing kind of money, and I thought he would be a good backup point guard. Like I thought, "Hey, fine signing. This will be great." Um, or this will be this will be fine, right? And then it turned out to be great, where he's scoring double digits. He's facilitating at a high level. You know, he's doing a really good job in relief of a, Lam- a Lamelo Ball when he's on the bench, uh, playing alongside Cody Martin. I think really helped with Cody Martin's development, which has also in turn helped the Charlotte Hornets team. But if you look at Ish Smith's game log, he's not been playing a ton in November. It was really the first five games of the season in which he shined. He scored double digits a few times and then hasn't scored any more than four in the last games that he played in the last, I guess, seven games that he played outside of those first five. Doug, he logs a DNPCD last night. What have you made Mm -hmm. of the way that Ishmith has played and been used? Well, he was good until he wasn't uh, offensively. Uh, we that's, did, the, we did. that's the analysis we want from you right there. That's perfect. There you go. Uh, I think me and Ollie, we, we have the same <laughs> level right. of analysis at this point. <laughs> well, you, you give do. me some time. You're, let me develop my point a little bit. Uh, we talked about it last show, okay? He's great. He's been good at moving the basketball, at facilitating for others. But defensively, he does. He gives you energy, but he doesn't give you a lot of a ton of size. And then, you know, shot making, it's it's just not happening for him. So I like the calculation here by Borrego. I felt like this was the right time to shake up the rotation. He shortens it down a little bit. You got your wish, by the way. Jalen McDaniels got a few more minutes. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that was the right move. You get a little bit more size in there. You get a little bit more defensive versatility. Because if we're being honest, Walker, there, there are a lot of people that can pass the ball on this team. Uh, that wasn't, 100%. that hasn't been the case. That hasn't been the case in previous years. But this year, they've got a lot of playmakers, and so Ish, the backup point guard position, isn't as important, right? Well, yeah, and, and I, I guess I'm kind of talking out of both ends of my mouth. Like this offseason, I was worried about you know losing a couple of guys that really did help with playmaking. I still, I still don't think the 
loss of the playmaking in the backcourt that took place this offseason makes up for oh or, or or is just you know measured by having mason come in and that's to nick's point talking about hey okay he can pass but is that really helping this basketball team uh, based off what they need from their center spot and the answer is no you know like i i hey just play some better defense but we what we knew what we were getting like it, it's he's a decent lob threat he's athletic enough to go get those alleys from whoever throws him to him but he's going to get moved off of his spot he'll block a few shots here and there but you know he kind of gets lucky in those situations sometimes it's good timing other times it's just i, I think what was it our buddy dylan uh, i think tweeted this out dylan jackson's like yeah, he just kind of hops around on a pogo stick and every once in a while you know he'll block a shot just trying yeah. to get lucky don't even know uh, what Mason is what Mason is thinking but to your point yeah like Ish Smith you know it, it it's been it, it's it's been a couple of players that were brought in this offseason that Borrego leaned a decent amount on minutes wise Ish playing over 20 a game Mason playing over 30 a game Kelly Oubre playing a lot Doug all those guys minutes have gone down you know how about <laughs> Kelly Oubre man like that's somebody well, that's minutes have, have taken a dip too uh, well, how about Nick Richards before the game? Uh, Borrego saying Nick Richards going to get heavy minutes in this game, and mm-hmm. uh, you had some people on Twitter talking him up a little bit in this game. In this game against the Lakers, fifteen minutes. So I don't, I don't know if that does fifteen minutes qualify as heavy minutes. That's I'm heavy not, for him. <laughs> well, it's heavy for him, but I'm not sure. And and he didn't get much production. Got three fouls, two of them very quickly, which limited hit, which limited Borrego's ability to play him. Three turnovers, only four rebounds, one of four from the field for three points was a minus eighteen. Uh, really, the entire anytime the Hornets went away from the starting unit in this one, it was bad news bears. Uh, but you had Nick Richards at minus 18. You had Cody Martin at minus 22. You had Kelly Oubre Jr. at minus 24. I was reading off the box score. That's why I threw the junior in there if you wanted to know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's his blood type? I don't know, I don't know why. I just, <laughs> it just was just reading the box score and just decided to throw the JR in there. Um, I, I do want to talk a little bit about Kelly, Doug, because you know, that, I, don't, I don't know talk if people are talking. They're talking about dare him you to. enough. Um, I will. I will accept your dare. You look at the month of October. You're talking about what? I think Let's that's seven games they played. Um, 35 minutes, 27, 23 was the lowest that he played mm-hmm. the first seven games, really averaging at about 30 or more. Since he hit November 1st against Cleveland, here are his minutes. 21, 13 against Golden State, 14 against Sacramento, 28 against the Clippers, but he was also making shots, 7 to 14 from the field. Well, goes back it. to 3 of 10 against the Lakers and in overtime, mind you. Kelly Oubre only plays 18 minutes. Like, you know, that's a guy that was Well, look, ding yeah, ding ding Walker, you nailed it. When he's making shots, he's playable. Yeah. Uh, when he's not making shots and it's been sporadic, just like Ish Smith. This was the warning that we got by the way on both Kelly Oubre. It's been the story of their careers. Kelly Oubre Ish Smith. You're going to get the ish game. You're going to get the Ubre game. And then it's going to be a lot of kind of up and down. Don't know what you're going to get night in and night out. It makes it tough for Borrego to coach. I mean, this center position, uh, the the availability of consistent wing play off the bench, both of those are making it. I feel bad for Borrego. I had high, I, <laughs> I gave Borrego high expectations at the beginning of this season. I said winning season or bust. I'm going to take, I'm officially taking it back. I'm taking okay. it back. Okay. I'm taking it back because this is this puzzle was a lot harder than I than I gave it credit for. 
Um, you know, you, you saw it at, at, against L.A. You guys were talking about it in the previous two segments. What they have to do in order to guard someone like Anthony Davis and score the basketball is you've got to get these like elaborate defensive schemes with with constantly trying to front the ball so that they'll throw it over the top and then you get the help coming uh, from help side. And it just it makes it very difficult to play defense. The Hornets are constantly scrambling, and then you've got vintage uh, Carmelo Anthony, like vintage new Carmelo where he was hitting threes for the New York Knicks and oh, scoring yeah. out of his mind. And it's just – honestly, if I know fifth straight loss, that's tough. You hate that. But I felt like they did a really good job managing that game against the Lakers, and, and I thought – Lamelo getting in early in the fourth quarter, the you know uh, Borrego conceding those minutes to Lamelo said, "All right, kid, here you go." Yeah, and Lamelo like did really well. Uh, so I think there were a lot of positives to take away from that Lakers game. <laughs> a lot of moral victories. Now they need the actual victories. Oh yeah, I mean, it. it we know the moral victories are, are not. I don't even know if they're accepted now. Like maybe they could be, but not now. And I thought that was a good point you brought up. You know, no ego from Borrego, right? Like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to sit you here. I'm going to do what I want to. And I don't know how it plays. Guy out. knows. Guy knows who really pays him. Lamelo Ball is going to yeah. pay that guy for years to come. Well, yeah, and, and you know what? For whatever the reason, maybe it's just because Lamelo's playing good, you know, or playing well. Like, put him out there at the beginning. You know that that's good to. See where Borrego was like, all right, you know, he wants it. He's playing well enough. I, I thought Lamelo was good last night. You know, I didn't have any problems. Oh yeah, problems it was great. The way, yeah. Um, oh, you, so- you you had the two. Um, what was kind of cool is you had the two triple doubles. You had Lamelo's mm-hmm. triple double versus Russell Westbrook's triple double, but they were very different. And that Lamelo's <laughs> yes, triple were. double helped his team, and Russell's <laughs> triple double probably killed his team with seven turnovers. Mm. God, yeah. Uh, missing a Yikes. couple of three-pointers that he took and then missing 10 shots out of the 15 that he took. But you're right. Carmelo was excellent in this one. We need to mention him, even if he plays for the other team. 7 of 10 from deep. Scores 29 points. Everybody going crazy on Twitter because it really was a very nice performance from him. And then Malik, you know my guy. Oh, boy. Happy to see you. 10 points. 4 of 8 from the field. 2 of 4 from 3. Only 17 minutes, but made the most of it, Doug. Well, and had that third quarter buzzer beater. You know he was enjoying it. Of Look, course I he mean, was. Oh, my God. You know, this is like favorite salute, moment of his me. career almost. <laughs> salute. Yeah. You're doing you're doing good, kid. I'm I'm happy for you. All right. That'll do it for life. Hey, hey, can I get one more? Can I get one more? Um I'd like to go back to something very important that Ollie said in the second segment. And yeah. that was woof, 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 woof. And I thought that was brilliant. I thought it was a yeah. great point. Thank you for making sure you got that in there before we ended it today. Thanks Thank for you. making Locked on Hornets your first listen every day. Tomorrow, we're going to be giving you Wes Wednesdays because I love alliteration and I love Wes Bryant. He's going to be a lot of fun just like he was the first episode. Valley Sports, Charlotte Hornets insider. Can't wait to talk with him tomorrow, so make sure you t- uh, check us out on any platforms that you get your podcast and make your second listen Locked on Fantasy Basketball. Josh Lloyd hosts the number one day- uh, daily fantasy basketball show on the planet. It's free and available also on all platforms. Check us out tomorrow. Wes Bryant going to be joining us on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Woof, 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 woof. <laughs>